Welcome into Ball Boy Talk. With you today, as per usual, it's me, it's Jay, it's the Ball Boy. Uh, not with me today, unfortunately, is A.A. Ron, as he's a working man. Uh, he works at graveyard shift, works at night shift, uh, making in those dollars. So he's not with me today, but figured it's been a couple weeks. Last time we talked to you guys was during the Super Bowl. So here we are, we're back, and I just wanted to go over some of the things that have been happening around the, the sports world. Uh, we talked Super Bowl, we talked trade deadline. There was all sorts of things that happened. The NBA, there's been one player that's just been eating up the headlines and not not positively. Um, if you haven't seen, John Morant has been kind of all over the place. Where if you remember earlier in the season, he had said something along the lines that he's thug. Shaq came out and said, boy, you're not thug. Uh, stop trying to be thug. You ain't that. You ain't it. And then all these reports started coming out of an assault, a 17-year-old getting hit by him and an assault charge and then a gun charge. He had a gun in a video. Uh, he's been clear to that. He's not getting disciplined for that. But it has been insane uh, for what's been going on with John Morant. Like, dude has generational wealth, $200 million worth of uh, contracts in the NBA, and that's kind of the problem. He's so young. Like, John Morant, he's not old. Let me look it up real quick how old he is. John Morant. John Morant is 23. He came into the league when he was 18. And at 22 last year, he signed that uh, max extension, making him like a $200 million plus player, which he's definitely worthy of because he is a great, phenomenal shooter. Uh, two-way player slasher. He's great. He is great. John Morant is a different ma- is a difference maker on the court. But like, here's the problem, and this is just the problem with the NBA in general: is that these guys come in at 18, 19, 20 years old. Their frontal lobe. This is now psychology a little bit, but their frontal lobe is even fully developed to the point where they can actually think rationally, where they can make smart decisions. They're still running with these crowds of people who don't really have their backs coming out of hoods and different places where aren't the most friendly and then they blow all their money or they're all over the place. Luckily for John Morant, he has a daughter, he has a family. He's not in that same boat as other guys in the past have come into the NBA, not stereotyping whatsoever. But him trying to be someone he's not that's where it's gotten him here. Probably running with a lot of those people that he knew from high school and before that to the point where it's it's being detrimental. So he definitely, first, he needs to clean up his circle. That's what I think. Second, he needs to get a financial advisor, if he doesn't already have one, and just limit his circle. You know, less is more when it comes to those things like that. Um, also, since we last talked, Saying in the NBA, you've seen Russell Westbrook move from the Lakers to the Clippers. And now the Clippers are awful and the Lakers are great. So I don't know what the frick is going on there. But there's something with Westbrook where he's just cancer and poison to a team. He's likely 
out of the league at this point after this season, which sucks because he was so great. Peak Westbrook. There's no one like him. The triple doubles, the athleticism, the ball handling, the shooting, the everything. He was so next level. It's crazy that he's getting, he fell off so hard. My next take, and I agree with this one. This one's from Bill Simmons that I love. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a first-team All-NBA guard, and to me, he's my defensive player of the year in the NBA. He is so far beyond. He has taken just massive leaps the last two seasons. <laughs> Excuse me. Now that OKC has kind of cleaned house, they've cleaned house, and they've let just SGA kind of just be the man. And he is the man. He's so beyond good. He's fantastic. And then next is Laurie Markkinen of the Jazz. He's for sure a second team All-NBA for sure. So I agree with that. And yet both teams are both 31-35. Um, they could either start winning a bunch of games, get into the play-in, or they could uh, stink, tank for a uh, top seven lottery spot. So they're so weird where they're at. Because they're both really good teams that if they wanted to, they could. But if they don't want to, they don't have to. Uh, especially for the Thunder, they could win and still have some amazing um, draft capital regardless because they have so many picks from all the trades that they've done over the years that they've accumulated. So they're in a great spot where they could be like, eh, let's go make the playoffs. Let's get there and let's try to win and get these guys some experience later in the season. And then as we start to get guys like Holmgren back and more draft picks and more talent with this roster, oof, OKC legit has a dynasty on their hands. And they're finally paying guys. They, they paid uh, Shea. Uh, Giddy looks great. Giddy's a key piece. Like some of these pieces in OKC, I'm just, I'm super excited about. I love it. Let's see. Um, oh, this one's a nut. So I'm a Seattle fan. I've always been a fan of like Sean on Sean Kemp, but. As of uh, 3-8, happened yesterday, 3-8, I'm recording this on 3-9. I'm also going to release it today as soon as I'm done recording. It'll release for the general masses. Um, Sean Kemp was arrested for an alleged drive-by shooting in Tacoma, Washington, where he lives. So, kind of crazy. Um, these post-career guys, man, for these sports, it's just insane. And Kemp was in such a good place, it seemed, but you just never know because he... Let's talk, oh, I'm not going to stop until we get the Sonics back in Seattle, just heading these groups, these organized groups, and now he's committing gun violence, which is kind of crazy to think about. Now, the Sacramento Kings, I'm a big fan. They've created a dynasty there. Uh, KD has debuted with the Suns within the last week, and now he's hurt, and the rest of the season could be in danger, and uh, Booker is going to take over and pop off and show why he's still the, the best. Uh, he's a he's the true cornerstone on that team, but man, KD, Book, CP3, that's a combo that we are wanting to see in the playoffs because if they can click in the playoffs, that'll be great. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think there's not really much going on. Like, KD's hurt. Uh, O'Dear and Fox has looked great for the Kings. Finally taking that step forward, which has been huge for them. Um, I'm I'm just I'm a big fan overall of the Kings and the Thunder, and I think those are the two teams that are about to start running the West. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, because they're they're so young, they're so talented, they're not paying a ton of money, but they have depth at every position, and they're so good. All right, let's see here. 
What do we got? Let's uh, jump over to the NBA. I said NBA and I meant NFL. Try that one more time. Yes, the NFL. The NFL uh, recently, the combine happened. The combine, I'm, I'm on the fence about the combine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just, it's just there. I try not to get excited about it, and I try not to let it consume me whatsoever. Uh, last time we were on here, we were talking about some quarterbacks and they're moving, and uh, we talked about Derek Carr. Then he got released like literally the next day, and then he finally ended up with the Saints on a deal. Uh, we'll, I'll talk about the quarterbacks in just a moment. Oh, the combine. The combine's interesting because it it makes or breaks guys. It just it's their measurable. It measures their athletic ability, which is huge because you want the athletic upside. Because a lot of things can be taught, but you cannot teach athleticism. You also can't teach work ethic. That's why the interviews are there to kind of get to know the player. You can see as much as you can on film, but those measurables, you can measure the pure athleticism of a player, especially quarterbacks. Hence why Anthony Richardson is jumping up the board like tremendously. Um, you've probably heard his name in the last few days since the combine. And I think he's great. I don't know where he's going to land. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks off the board in the top 10 picks. I'm just hoping someone like Seattle trades back to kind of get out of that um, spot where they're attempting to take a quarterback. Since they just signed Geno to a three-year, $75 million deal, um, it was 105 in total, but $40 million was given at signing. So there's that as well. Let's see. Um, the Giants pay Daniel Jones a four-year, $160 million contract extension. I get it. And then they tag Saquon. So they got both the deals done that they wanted to. Uh, Josh Jacobs got the franchise tag from the Raiders, and uh, Derrick Henry's being shopped. So there's some running backs being, you know, contracted and whatnot. And I feel bad for the Titans because they are just in cap purgatory thanks to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they picked the wrong guy at first. It was great. He's gotten them there. It just hasn't been good lately. So that's something definitely to watch out for because – I don't know what the Titans are going to do if they trade Derrick Henry. And they don't. They have Traylon Burks, but that's about it offensively. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting what they do uh, there in Tennessee. However, Daniel Jones, uh, four-year, 160 contract extension, which I think is good for the Giants. You've seen Daniel Jones just struggle with bad coaching and Gettleman and organization just being bad top to bottom and him just being a product of that environment just bad coaching Jason Garrett just bad coaching and now Brian Dable comes in him and Dable take this team of this offense of nothing of returning Saquon Barkley who was great uh, you throw in a receiving corpse that was hurt and then hurts more and uh, had Kenny Galladay who's now cut uh, they traded Kadarius Tony away and then this team still made the playoffs daniel jones threw for 3500 more than 3500 yards 15 touchdowns and five interceptions but granted it wasn't a lot but it was enough to get the job done so and it got him to the playoffs so a lot of people are are kind of on one side like awful or great i kind of fall in the middle where it's like he took such a huge step forward just as a quarterback as a leader as a as a player to where, what if he gets better? There's more stability right now with the coaching than the Giants have seen since Eli Manning. 
there's more just stability. There's more guarantee that it's going to be good because you have Saquon back. You have Daniel Jones, so you still have Brian Dable. So you have your your pieces that you need to still be good and at that level. So it's going to be about who they add into the receiving room and what weapons they surround Daniel Jones with. I would love for the CL Dell go back there and be competitive. I would also love to see them swing a trade for DeAndre Hopkins because I think Daniel Jones just needs a guy like Hopkins would be perfect because A, Hopkins wants to compete. The Giants are competitive. They have a great defense. But then you also take Hopkins, a guy who can just move the ball, move the ball. You get into the end zone, Hopkins is there. It's just a no-brainer kind of situation. It just makes sense. Let's see. Uh, the Ravens slapped the non-exclusive franchise tag on um, Lamar Jackson. Very much expected there. He got tagged. Uh, the non-exclusive tag means that they can match any offer or get two first-round picks. Let's say those first-round picks turn into a first-round quarterback like Will Levis or someone else. The no-brainer for that other team, however, the time and money that the team's going to put into creating that contract, drafting it up, getting him to agree to it, all that time and resources that they essentially probably will waste if the Ravens match it, a team doesn't want to do. He's also not budging on his fully guaranteed deal. However, it's hard for me to be on his side with that because he's missed so much time to injury the last two years. To where it's like, and I loved it was uh, Skip who said this, like, you can't give a fully guaranteed contract to a player that you know is not fully guaranteed going to be on the field. And that makes sense. Like, you know Daniel Jones is going to be there, game in, game out. You know he's going to be there to help you and make it so you have a good chance, better than not, to win a game. You can't even bank on Lamar Jackson being there. If he is there, you have a very you have a higher chance than Daniel Jones to win it. But at the same time, you don't know if he's going to be there available. He's 26. He's an MVP. You don't get to get these kind of franchise-altering quarterbacks, free agent moves often, if ever, like this season. So it's it's huge that the Ravens or another team try to go after him. Uh, if he jumps over to the NFC, then he goes from a you know top 10 in the AFC to a top 3 in the NFC easy behind guys like Stafford and um, Rodgers, assuming he resigns or stays in uh, Green Bay. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he came out of his darkness retreat. Hasn't got any really media attention. Not a lot of headlines, which, you know, Aaron Rodgers hates. Um, at least satirically speaking. But, you know, Rodgers hasn't been getting the attention that he wants. He hasn't said, oh, yeah, I want to do this. But the Jets are confident that there's going to be a deal there. That they can get a deal done to get Aaron Rodgers as their next quarterback. So it's going to come out any time now that uh, Aaron Rodgers is there and whatnot and who knows so the, the Jets are confident uh, they probably train away Zach Wilson as part of it and uh, a couple picks and then it's a Jordan Love Zach Wilson competition in Green Bay which means it's Jordan Love and Zach Wilson sitting behind them on that uh, top top tier rookie contract which he's not worth um, and awesome piece of news is Calvin Ridley got reinstated after his gambling suspension and that's going to be dangerous for Jacksonville that's uh, dangerous for Jacksonville. They were already good. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence helped. Doug Peterson helped Trevor Lawrence take that next step forward. And they only got to get better with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, which they tagged. That's, oof. 
that Jacksonville team, watch out. Watch out. Uh, the combine, like I said, there were some injuries there. Anthony Richardson's been up and down. Um, Lamar Jackson. A lot of teams are coming out publicly, and J.J. Watt pointed this out. It was a good point. Uh, why are all these teams so publicly, quote-unquote, out on Lamar Jackson? MVP winner in his prime at the most important position in the entire NFL. What am I missing? There's been a lot of rumors of collusion. And, yeah, it's just been all sorts of things. Because the owners do not want one person to give a fully guaranteed contract to a, another quarterback. Because they know if they give another fully guaranteed contract to another quarterback, more quarterbacks are going to want it. It's going to cost owners a lot of money. And it's just not good. Puts them into situations like the Titans. Uh, Darius Slayton and Saquon, they've been backing up their boy, Danny Dimes. Um, you love to see it. You love to see that. Uh, the Cardinals officially released uh, Chosen, Robbie Anderson. I forgot he changed his name. That is so weird. Because he's not good enough to be changing his name. But he's a free agent. So hopefully someone else uh, chooses him. Um, Odell looks healthy. He's been posting workout videos. Um, it's funny because the... You know, going back to Aaron Rodgers, like the Jets are the only team that's met with him. I guarantee they are betting against themselves. Um, very Jets fashion. Some of these teams are just bad. They're bad at betting. And um, they put all their ducks in one row. And they're just going to say, oh, we're out on Lamar Jackson. Uh, give me the 39-year-old uh, Aaron Rodgers for about $60 million. Um, when it comes to Lamar, since it's kind of Lamar season right now, it's interesting because he represents himself very Bobby Wagner-ish. But Bobby Wagner has been very smart with that and being able to utilize it, manipulate it. Uh, for his benefit, but Mar doesn't have an agent, and that's very interesting. Uh, let's see, the Jets release wide receiver Braxton Berrios, making the wide receiver class just a little bit deeper uh, for some of these other teams. Uh, Juju's expected to re-sign with KC. Uh, if you missed that, very likely the two sides reach an agreement. Let's see. Oh, and the Jets made a trade today. They got um, the Ravens traded uh, safety Chuck Clark to the Jets in exchange for late round draft pick compensation. So it's interesting that these teams are, they are talking. They are talking. They are communicating with one another. They're not, they're not not talking. Like the Jets and the Ravens, like these teams are taking calls on players. They're not just, they're not just giving up. So very, very interesting to see kind of how this is all starting to shake out. Starts small and then it goes big. And the Jets are clearing cap space. They save about five million in the uh, Braxton Barrios release. The Raiders, Panthers, and Texans are very interested on Jimmy G. Uh, Geno Smith says, "Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. Go ahead and draft. Go and draft a QB. I'll mentor. I'm cool with it. Like, do it. If it makes this team better long term, uh, he's gonna help. He wants to help the team as much as he can. He's so loyal." To the Seahawks because it's like y'all gave me the chance. Y'all never stopped believing in me. You brought me back here year after year to back up when it was time to play. I played. You just you kept me around. You didn't give up on me. You didn't send me out the door like other teams in the past. And 
he's the loyalty is going to pay off for Seattle in a big way. I mean, he's entering his age 32 season, so 32, 33, 34, 35 when his contract's over. And three years of a rookie behind him, I just makes sense. And then even if he transitions to a backup in year two, I mean, it's $25 million, very affordable for the team to be able to do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Thielen likely going to get released if they don't rework the um, – if they can't rework it. Uh, I mean, he's a $20 million cap hit. So they have to rework it because they want to give that money to Justin Jefferson. I mean, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Texans got a fine of a fifth-round pick and a $175,000 fine for a salary cap reporting violation from when Deshaun Watson was sitting on a training camp. I don't, I don't get it, but okay. Uh, that's all of our big NFL news. I mean, it was just the combine. Uh, signings have happened, are starting to happen, so it's, it's interesting to see. I'm very excited. Uh, Let's jump over to the MLB. Ooh, MLB. Okay, a lot of things have happened in the MLB. If you haven't haven't been paying attention, don't worry, I'll catch you up real quick. Pitch clock, big deal. Um, It's an adjustment for teams. It's an adjustment for players, teams, staff, everyone in between. Okay. It limits the time by about 30 minutes, but it makes the game more active, more attention-grabbing, and just better overall. I love the pitch clock. I'm a big proponent of minor league baseball, where it's been instilled for the last uh, last year, I think, believe, the year before as well. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Big fan. Oh, let's see. There's just been tons of injury news coming out between the Yankees losing three people and... You know, Justin Turner got hit in the face. He's, I haven't seen anything new about that, if he's going to be okay. Uh, the World Baseball Classic is dominating headlines now. Uh, Mike Trout, Captain America. And I'm so happy that Mike Trout is finally getting some positive advertising around him as captain of the USA baseball team. He's letting it happen, and he's being the face of the USA. It's awesome. I'm very happy. Let's see. Let's see. Tony Gwynn. Uh, Otani's been dominating. I mean, in the 8-1 victory over China uh, today, March 9th for Otani. Four innings pitched, one hit, zero runs, five strikeouts, two for four, double two RBIs. Like, get out. He's so good. He's so good. I can't. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, Chris Sale is back. He's touched 95 today. Um, being back on the mound for the first time since July and got a strikeout, but he hit 95. And recently I wrote about him in uh, players I still believe in. He is like my headlining pitcher of some players I still believe in uh, coming into the season. Mm, let's see. Let's see. Let's see Aaron Jones, Aaron Judge, and Bombs. 
Uh, Justin Turner is doing better. He's going to be back on the field as soon as possible. Um, no breaks, um, everything intact. So that's great news for Justin Turner. Uh, if you haven't looked at this Team USA lineup yet, it's wild. Um, it's probably one of the best lineups that anyone could ever construct, even in a video game. You have Tim Anderson at short, Mookie Betts at second, Mike Trout in left. No, center field. Goldschmidt, uh, DH, Arenado at third. Alon- Pete Alonso at first. Uh, Kyle Tucker in right. Uh, Smith, Smith. Oh, um, well, Smith catching. I'm smart. I can read. I know who these players are. And uh, who am I forgetting? I'm missing first base. No, I didn't. First, second, third, shortstop, uh, left field. Who's in left? I'm not sure who's in left today. It's probably Cedric Mullins. But it's wild. Like, it's so much fun. Uh, it's been so much fun watching the Netherlands just be awesome in their pool play so far. They're 2-0. They've made some just some great plays, some team baseball. Uh, you've seen Xander Bogarts just captaining that ship there. He's been great. Um, next to him, you Australia was claimed the upset last night against the um, Korea team, who was the best team supposedly in their bracket, in their pool, and they beat them. Let's see. Uh, Cuba lost part of it. Uh, let's see. Freddie Freeman's playing for Team Canada. Obviously, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is playing for the uh, Dominican Republic. Mookie Betts is playing second base. Mookie Betts is such a good athlete. He is just so great. He bowls. He plays tennis. He plays baseball. He can play basketball really well. He's just a freak. He's so talented. He's so good. Uh, I saw a thing going around on keep trade cut of the picture of Betts, uh, Griffey, and Trout. Uh, Keep trade cut for that. I'm going to keep Griffey. Uh, I'll trade Trout, and I will uh, cut Betts. That's just me. That's just me. That's what I think. It doesn't matter. Um, Let's see. Yeah, the Italy team also looked great in the World Baseball Classic, claiming the win over Cuba. That was huge. I was not expecting that. Uh, There's been some uh, World Baseball Classic MLB exhibitions going on. USA got smacked by the Giants in theirs. That was kind of hilarious, but it was fun. It was fun. Uh, Let's see. There's some players moving around the diamonds. Um, Tatis is heading out to the outfield. Springer is moving over to right field. Let's see who else is moving around because – these are the things that I look at being a baseball fan and just really paying attention. Uh, Bryson Stott, Phillies, uh, moving to second base with Trey Turner coming in. Makes so much sense. He's a great defender. Tommy Edmond on the Cardinals moving to shortstop. I Oh, well, he played 80 at shortstop and 80 at second, but he's going to be the everyday shortstop. Um, he only committed two errors. He won a gold glove at second base in 2021. And he was a finalist for the utility position last year. So Edmund, he's also just really good. He's really good at baseball. Uh, Alex Verdugo's moving to right field. And, you know, he's spent some time in left and center. He's not familiar with right field. Um, yeah, it's interesting. 
He's primarily in left, but he's moving to right. Um, as the Red Sox have Tommy Fan, who's going to be in left. And, uh, oh, no, it's going to be Matsustaka Yoshida playing left. And it's going to be interesting to see how he how that glove translates. Springer, he's going to be great in right field. Uh, Andrew Vaughn's coming out from the outfield and moving to first base permanently, it looks like. With Jose Abreu gone in Chicago, that makes perfect sense. Um, he's That's kind of the second position. He'll be great. Uh, Kiki Hernandez, uh, he's moving to shortstop full-time for the, uh, for the Red Sox. Um, Bogarts was there. Uh, looks like they're going to be keeping Story at second, putting Kiki right there. So, interesting. Uh, let's see. Jake Cronenworth is moving to first base with Eric Hosmer gone. And then Haseon Kim is taking over at second base for the Padres. While they have Xander and Machado there. Cron is so good. I would love to see Cron stay at second, but he's going to be great regardless. Um, but it's, it's going to make for a really good infield. Um, as you know, uh, a couple of these moves, Luis Arias uh, with the Marlins, moving back to second base after playing a lot of first base last year and third base uh, for the Twins, but he's been traded, so he's moving back over to that side of the infield. And then Jazz Chisholm Jr. getting moved from uh, second base to the outfield, which has, a, has me scratching my head personally. Because I'm not, I don't love this move. It's very D Gordon-esque. I just think it's going to backfire. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, he's played plenty of left field, but it's primarily going to be his as he's going to not be just primarily DHing. They're going to get some, um, get some bang for their buck there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Tatis Jr. is moving to right field. Soto to left field. Hopefully that goes as expected. If not better, uh, Soto's much better in right field, but he's a great athlete, so I think he'll be fine there as well. I don't really think there's much more to talk about in the MLB. Uh, pitch clock, World Baseball Classic is awesome. I'm excited for it. You know, there's there's some headlines going on. Let me see here. There's other things too. Let me see. Hold that thought, everybody. Let's see. Well, while I'm just sitting here looking, uh, if you haven't already, go over and search wherever you're listening. Search Young Dad Podcast. Give us a follow. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Give us all the above to um, help promote our other podcast, our main podcast, Young Dad Podcast. It's a lot of fun. We love it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have some awesome guests lined up for the month of March, April. Should be a lot of fun. And let's see. Also, hashtag not a sponsor, but they could be if they want to. Uh, bucked up. Their organic greens are delicious. If you're looking to get into greens, then I, I highly recommend. Uh, I believe I already talked about Derek Carr uh, moving to New Orleans. He easily becomes the best um, best QB in that division. Like, by a mile, he's the best QB in that division. Like, he doesn't even need to try. Because um, the Falcons, Panthers... All those guys don't have a plan. Oh, and the um, Bucks, they don't have a plan at QB. So it's going to be very interesting what they do going into this season. Um, oh, one MLB thing that I was excited about 
the um not the but uh the machine el Machina. Uh, albert pujols is very interested in uh coaching opportunities in the future um just trying to see some other headlines there's been some things uh the Derek carr move that's been a it hasn't been a lot going on um oh this one's interesting so as you know tua tonga valoa has been riddled with concussions the last couple years he had three last season but he started doing judo training to avoid head injuries when falling so he's taking it on himself to be on the field when he's on the field he's fantastic he is so good and we love it he's so good i love it with Jalen waddle tyreek hill he's can't miss um oh eric Bieniemy. he signed a deal with the washington commanders the title of assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. He is on a man on a mission out to prove, hey guys, I'm a legit head coaching candidate. I'm the one you wanted all along. So stop sleeping, wake up, and uh, smell the enemies. if that makes any sense. Uh, something interesting that happened was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sold his four championship rings, three MVP trophies, and other memorabilia for upwards of $2.8 million. And he uses all that money to uh, go into a youth education program. The Hall of Famer said, when it comes to choosing between storing a championship ring or a trophy in a room or providing kids with an opportunity to change their lives, the choice is pretty simple. Not at all. Uh, total class act. Everyone loves Kareem. Love Kareem. And I think that's it for you. Um, I don't know the NHL well enough. I don't know the I know the WWE, but eh, I don't I don't I haven't kept up with it. Uh, MMA. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jones won after coming back from injuries and whatnot. And uh, didn't Logan Paul lose a fight too? I wish Aaron was here to talk about this stuff because this is kind of his forte. I'm kind of the big three, and that everything else is kind of him, but. Outside of that, guys, we hope you stay well, do great. Make sure to like, follow, share this podcast. Also, like, follow, share uh, Young Dad Podcast as well. Both of them are creative entities of Ball Boy Media. And we will see you next time, crowd. Lap us out. Thank you.